the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Set your spirit on fire and let Dr. Luana Steins guide you to a life of purpose and fulfillment. To reach Dr. Luana Steins, call 760-315-1967 or visit atouchfromabove.org. And now here's your A Touch From Above host, Dr. Luana Steins. you. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Dr. Luana, and this is A Touch From Above and The Prayer Mountain. I'm so excited all that God is doing. Thank you so much for joining me. You know, have you ever just struggled in your mind? I mean, the battle of the lies that come against your mind, and you're trying to figure out, oh my gosh, you know, all of a sudden. I'll, I'll tell you a story. Um, I was younger. When I was really young, I was placed in an orphanage. Uh, God bless my mom, but she didn't want me. And she put me in an orphanage. And then later uh, she brought me out of the orphanage. And there was like a, I don't know what it was. There was like a spirit of fear that I had. And I remember I was laying down. We had bunk beds, uh, not bunk beds, twin beds. We had twin beds and they were all in one room. And I remember sleeping on this twin bed. And I remember as I was just dozing off, I don't know what, I, I must have fell in a, fallen asleep. And then a little bit later, I woke up and I saw this shadow and it looked like there was a man at the foot of my bed standing in my room. Well, I'm telling you what, I was absolutely petrified. I, I, was, I could almost hear my heart beating. It was like, oh, I hope he doesn't hear my heartbeat. Oh my gosh, I hope he doesn't see me. And all of a sudden, my mind just started going haywire. Can I tell you, throughout the night, I could barely sleep and I would doze off. Then I'd wake up, don't sleep, don't sleep. You know, and as the sun came up, I looked up to see, and I could still see the shadow and the silhouette of what I thought was a man which was actually a shirt and a hat on a pole at the end of my bed. But the shadow of it looked as if there was a man in the room. And I looked up. It was like, oh, oh my gosh. Here I am tormented all night. Couldn't sleep all night as a little girl because I thought somebody was in my room when all it was was a shadow. You know, the Word of God is so powerful. In Romans chapter 12, wow, wow, and wow. First of all, before I even read that, let me read you one other one. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. 
For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with the truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shrouded your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench. Here it is. That you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this very end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Wow. You see, we are ambassadors for the King. His, Jesus' ambassadors. We are called to be his soldiers. We are armed for battle. You see, we're called. We're called to be careful when the enemy comes in. Can I tell you, you have to understand, the enemy will come against your mind. And that's where I want to read, excuse me, Romans chapter 12 in verses 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Let me stop there for a moment. I want you to think about that. Those two verses are very powerful. That tells me that you may prove what is good. That means if there's a good way to serve God, there's a bad way to serve God. If there's an acceptable way to serve God, there's an unacceptable way to serve God. And there's a perfect will of God, and there's an unperfect will of God. You have to understand something, dear saints. We're called to do exactly what God has called us to do. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. You see, you have to be careful that your mind doesn't exalt yourself. I am so wonderful to me. Can't you see? I'm everything I ever hoped for. You have to be careful that you do not allow your mind to be lifted up and exalted. You have to be careful that you will trust God and love God with all your heart, your mind, and soul. I tell you, the Bible is so powerful. And if your mind is in control, you're in trouble. The Bible says to be spiritually minded is life and peace, but to be carnally minded is death. You have to be careful because the carnal man is an enemy of God. And you and I have to understand something. You know, Romans is so powerful. In Romans chapter 12, he goes on again about the mind in verse 16. Be of the same mind toward one another. 
And do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. And do not be wise in your own opinion. You see, you have to be careful that you're not wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peacefully with all men. How can you do that if your mind is out of control? How can you do right if your mind is taking you out left field? How can you do that if your mind is not filled with the power of the Holy Spirit? It says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. What about when there's an offense or something that somebody does and gets you angry? And it's a legit anger. You know, the Bible says be angry, but don't sin. So what is it? What sin is there when you hold on to your anger? You see, anger, anger after a while becomes bitterness. And bitterness defiles everybody. And bitterness and anger turn to murder. No, you may not want to murder them with a gun or a knife, but you murder them with your tongue. You see, you have to understand something. This word is so powerful. And the only way that you can renew your mind is by you taking the word of God and writing it on the tablet of your heart. Take God's word over and over and over and learn the word of God. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. And he says, which is your reasonable service? Do you realize how many people out there make excuses for their sin? They make excuses and they say, well, you know what? I'm just normal and God knows my weakness. Well, your weakness is going to straight take you straight to hell if you're not careful. You see, you have to understand this is why Jesus died. So we don't have to live in our weakness. We don't have to live in defeat. We don't have to live in bitterness. We don't have to live with anger. But we can have peace and joy, mercy grace, loving kindness. We can have health in our bodies. Do you know the Bible says that bitterness rottens the bones? Did you know that? Did you know that when somebody is bitter and angry, you know, a lot of times people don't realize, and I say this with grace, arthritis stems from bitterness. Ooh, I felt that one. Don't you dare change that channel. Don't get mad at me. You see, offenses are going to come. Jesus said, offenses are going to come. But woe to that person when the offense comes. We have to understand when those offenses come, it's you and I, the believer's job to put up a guard, guard your heart, protect your mind, guard your heart with all diligence. Why? For out of it comes the issues of life. If you allow that offense to go into your mind, all of a sudden, There is chaos in your mind. All of a sudden, you are troubled and you're angry and you're upset. All of a sudden, there's an overwhelming presence. And there is like this hatred that begins to grow. And you don't even realize it. Out of your mouth, you begin to speak evil and you begin to speak bitterness. And you begin to speak, well, you know what this one did to me. And all of a sudden, you don't even realize it. You become a tool for Satan. Your mouth is set on fire by hell. 
And all of a sudden, there's anger and bitterness and hatred that rises up inside of you. Oh, my goodness, you have to understand. It's so crucial that you be very, very, very careful because your tongue will speak things that should not be spoken. And this is so powerful. In the book of James, chapter 3, you have to take hold of your mind. Do not let the devil play baseball in your head. Don't let him shoot those targets. This is why you put on that helmet of salvation. This is why you renew your mind. In James chapter 3, it says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Let me stop there for a moment. Stop listening to all those would-be so-called teachers on YouTube and that self-appointed They've never been faithful to church. They've never paid their tithe. They're not accountable to anyone. And you know what? All of a sudden, they're the hostess with the mostess. Can I tell you, they're going to speak great swelling words. You have to be careful. It says, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man but also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at the ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. You know, it's amazing. We're in San Diego, California. Our prayer mountain is in Ramona. But you know what? When I go down to San Diego, maybe by Coronado Island, or maybe I go over by where the airport is and I watch those great big ships, I am always reminded of the scripture in James. I think that great big ship that's almost as long as a football field, and I'm watching these great big ships be steered out there in that bay. Oh my goodness. You see, you understand It says, even so, the tongue is a little member and boast of great things. See how great a forest, a little fire is kindled. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire by hell. You know, as I was growing up, just really quick, to give me give you a quick reference. I had the wonderful privilege of leading my mother to Jesus. And I one day will see my mother in heaven. I got to lead her to Jesus two days before she died. But I tell you, when we were growing up, my mom, God bless her, she wasn't saved. She wasn't a Christian. She wasn't born again. My mother was very, very beautiful. But my mother had been married eight times, not including all the boyfriends in between. But my mother's tongue, God bless her soul, it was set on fire by hell. All the years that I was growing up, my mom was a terrible cusser. She would say, God, blankety blank, blank, blank. I don't know why I'm the blank. You worthless, no good for nothing. And I mean, she would, I mean, it was like every day, beep, 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 beep. Well, those words are like razors. And those words went so deep within my heart that by the time that I was 15 years old, I was so stinking rotten insecure. I thought I was dumb. I thought I 
would amount to nothing because those words were spoken over me. You blankety blank, good for nothing, worthless, no good. I don't even know why I had you. And when you hear those words day after day after day, there's something that happens. You begin to believe them. And those words were like razors in my heart, piercing down deep inside of me. And so here I am, 15, 15 and a half. I actually ran away when I was 12, 12 and a half years old. I ran away. I'm not proud of that, but I couldn't handle it at home. My mom's boyfriends or whichever husband she was there was out to lunch, and he was very much of an abuser. And so we saw all of this garbage. I ended up running away and ended up in a place called Zebulon Pike Detention Center in Colorado Springs. And then from there, I went to another place when I was a, I was there for about a year. And then from there, I went to a place called Morrison, which was like, I hate to say it, but it was almost like a woman's prison. And it was for like teenagers and quote unquote, a child in need of supervision, a delinquent. Well, I wasn't a delinquent. I was running for my life. I was running for my safety because of the abuse that our stepfathers tried to or my mother's boyfriends, whichever one was there. My mom had four girls. So I was, I couldn't put up with that. So I left. And by the time that I was 15, they finally let me go to another. At 14, they let me go to a place called um, Colorado Youth Center in Denver. And I was in Colorado Youth Center for a while. And then they said, okay, you can call your mom. You know, it's time for you to go home. It's like, no, keep me here. I want to stay here. But, of course, you have to get out sometime. So, of course, my mom was in between marriages and in between boyfriends. My older sister had already ran off and got married. My two younger sisters, I think they were with their dad because I didn't see him after that. And so my mom comes to pick me up. But the only problem is my mom didn't want me. And she was in between, like I said, husbands and boyfriends. So there was so much. So I ended up getting a job at a little Mexican restaurant. Uh, what was the name of that restaurant? La Paloma Restaurant in Colorado Springs. I was a dishwasher and, you know, and I would try to stay out of my mom's hair. But it got a place where my mom said, forget it, you're out of here. And I ended up in a forced marriage at 15 and a half. And at that time, we went to the court first time, the first courtroom that we went to, I, I, was, I, I was young, 15 and a half. I didn't know anything. I'd never been with anybody. I didn't even want to get married. But my mom, you know, she didn't want me there. And, and I thought, it's my only escape. And this guy was older. And, you know, he was nice. But, you know, he wasn't what God had planned for me. So here I am and standing in this courthouse. And the judge looks at me. And I'm I'm in tears. I my I'm holding back like <laughs> I just wanted to scream and cry. And the judge looks at me. He looks at my gonna be husband, and he looks at my mom behind, and he looks at two people that we grabbed. <clears throat> Can you stand up for us? You know. So here we are, and at this court, and the judge is looking at me, and I am just about to fall apart there. And the judge looks at me, and he looks at my the marriage license, and he looks at my birth certificate, and then he looks straight in my eye, and he asks me this question, is somebody making you get married? And I knew I couldn't answer him the truth. And I go, 
No. And I'm in tears. No. And he puts his head down, and then he leans back in his chair. And he said, you know what? I can't do this. And he pushes the marriage license forward. He said, I don't know what's going on here. He said, but I can't live with myself if I do this. He said, I can't do this. I'm not going to marry her. Something ain't right here. Oh, my goodness. My mother reached over my shoulder, grabbed my birth certificate, grabbed my marriage license. And she goes, let's go. And we walked out the door and she was so mad. And she goes, let's go. She put me in the car and then took me to another whole city, Pueblo, and took me before. Oh, she went and forged my birth certificate where I was older and then put it through the copy machine and then takes me to another courthouse. And then she goes, and don't cry. And I said, okay. So I end up getting married. I am so young. I know nothing. I'm very naive. I didn't want to get married, and now I'm married. With that comes, of course, children. A couple years down the road, then now I'm pregnant with my son. My heart was still broken. I used to run. I used to jog because I was so insecure. And I, all I, I just it was my way of escape. And I would get on my running shoes and get on my gear. And I would just run. I would just run. I would run five miles. And sometimes I'd cry all the five miles. And then I'd come back, wash my face and clean the house and do the laundry and do all the things that a wife's supposed to do. And I felt this overwhelming torment of my mind, so insecure. I couldn't even talk to people. I felt dumb. I felt stupid. I felt rejected. You know, just all of these things you know, just bombarding my mind. But, you know, and then let me tell you something. After years, it was over seven years of being married, all of a sudden my husband is killed. He was having an affair with a married woman. Her husband came home, caught him, and killed him. Well, I thought my life had completely fallen apart by then, and now I was pregnant. And I just felt so worthless, so insecure. I I wasn't saved. I didn't know Jesus. I ended up in another stupid relationship because I was so insecure and I needed help and I didn't know what to do. And here I am trapped in another relationship. It's like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? And finally, I saved enough money after I had my daughter and I escaped from that relationship. And, and then, lo and behold, somebody witnessed to me. Somebody told me about Jesus. Oh, I was angry at first. I didn't want to listen. I remember when they began to tell me about Jesus. I said, you know what, honey? They kicked me out. And she goes, you know, I don't want to see you going to hell. I said, honey, I've been to hell and back. They kicked me out for selling ice water. I don't even want to hear what you say. You see, my mind was confused. I didn't understand. I'd been rejected my whole life. So why would I serve a God who doesn't love me anyway? Because I didn't know. So you see, we have to understand there's a battle that's battling and raging for our soul. And then finally, I get saved and I give my heart to Jesus. That was over 43 years ago. Jesus changed my whole life. I became born again. 
oh, sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. And Jesus began to renew my mind through the Word of God. I began to read the Word every single day. I would read and read and read and read and read. I got me a children's Bible so I could easily understand it. And the Word of God began to renew my mind. And I began to see who I was in Christ. All of a sudden, things are different. I'm singing a new song. I'm quoting scripture. My whole life has changed. I've been renewed. I've been set free. I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. Oh, my goodness. I got got some uh, bounce in my walk, and I'm smiling from ear to ear, and I'm singing, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. I'm walking victory in Jesus, my Savior, forever. Oh, my goodness. You know, it's amazing. A little bit later, I'll share my CD. I ended up creating a CD, 10 original songs, Cup of Salvation. But you know what? All of a sudden, Jesus renews your mind. And I want to encourage you. You may be listening to my program, and maybe you have trouble in your mind. I want you to know something. you got to stop. Ask Jesus to become Lord and Master of your life. Let Jesus be Lord. Let him be the rock of ages. Pray with me. Jesus, forgive me. Help my mind be in order. Help me to love you and honor you. Forgive me, Lord, for all the things that, Lord, I've said or spoken or thought against you. I'm so sorry, Jesus. Come be the master of my heart. Be the master of my mind. Be the master of my life. I give you my all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? You said that prayer? Praise God. Come visit me up at the mountain for a church service on Sunday, 10 a.m. God bless you. I love you. been listening to a touch from above with dr loana steins for your financial support of any amount you'll receive her book a mother's story send your gift to p.o box 2800 ramona california 92065 visit a touch and come visit a church service 10 a.m at 16145 highway 67 ramona california 92065 dress warm it's a church without walls are you distracted Seems like everything gets in the way. Come to a Touch from Above Prayer Mountain, 25 beautiful acres. Walk up to the cross or relax in a small private cabin to pray. Bring your leaders to pray. At Prayer Mountain, God answers prayer. Even Jesus had to get away to pray. Call today and make your reservation, 760-315-1967. Your answer is just a prayer away. A touchfromabove.org. Like the ravages of a flood, but I call on the name of Jesus and the power of Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.